Welcome, my love, to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, aka Anna Empowers, here to more deeply understand with you the rich fullness of God. Because when you understand your creator, you understand his creation, yourself, his world, all that he designed for you to be. God led me out of self-sabotage and insecurity and the new age deception by breaking chains that bound me to my past. And that is my mission here today with you to help you in him and in him alone break chains that bind you to your past, break chains of shame, of insecurity, of self-sabotage in him. So together we can be humbled and surrender to his glorious love and unleash the gifts that he willed for us to bring into his world for him and his glory, not for ourselves. He wants to guide you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to heal you like he's healed so many aspects of my life. When I didn't even seek him at first, God is so good, so patient, so perfectly loving. On this podcast, you'll receive inspiring stories and experiences and mistakes I've made all along the way, plus the unique perspectives of thought leaders on faith-based life and faith-based business so that you can amplify your faith in God's work in your own life. God wants you to store the unique gifts, talents, and ideas that he gave you. He sanctifies and clarifies your unique design the more you come to know and walk with him. God is the strength that I lean on every day to be made into a better steward, servant, wife, and woman for his glory. How did you find me and what are some of your expectations for this coaching session today? And give me a little bit of a foundation here. Well, I saw you on TikTok on a day that I was having just like a really dark, a dark day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if I remember you correctly, you were um, a Christian. Mm -hmm. I don't really like ever read anything that's secular or anything like that because I just don't, I don't value anything like the world thinks we should be doing Mm -hmm. and um, I kind of have a conviction about taking medicine for stuff because I think it's Mm -hmm. just like a bandage and I do believe that God can heal um, things that we go through yeah and I think and I've been married for 23 years this September very very a long time yeah and um I met him when I was a teenager and we're still married but I feel like recently there's been a shift in things and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, maybe I need to like talk to somebody. I saw you and it was just like, it just felt like a God thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know if it was legit. So I didn't like donate or anything. Cause I was just like, <laughs> if anything's going to come of this, I didn't want it to be something, you know, I, yeah. I just wasn't sure because there's so many shicey things out there. But, but anyway, it just like, I feel like sometimes we put our happiness in people and like, mm-hmm. um, feel like I put a lot of pressure on my husband to like fill like to fill those like holes mm-hmm. um I just want to be better about that like I want to work on me so I'm better and like be the best wife I can be and I think that he's a great husband but I think like he's not trying as much as he used to mm-hmm. and and because I think it's exhausting to have to like put that much effort into things all the time you know and he's got a very very stressful job and but I do too yeah. Um, we have a 21 year old, a, a just turned 18 year old and 11 year old. Mm-hmm. So those are different tough stages. I mean, all kids stages are hard, but 
but those are some challenging stages that we're going through. I don't know. I just feel like I'm at a place where some days can be sad, Yeah. you know, and I, and I'm like, I don't want to depend on a person and my husband shouldn't have to have me depending on him to fill that, that emptiness, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's not his responsibility, but I don't know. Some days I feel like, some days I feel like it is, you know, and like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking, I'm rambling. No, you're good. <laughs> Excuse my voice coming in and out here. Um, I'm just coming out of COVID. So my voice oh, is no. like a little bit raspy still, but no, I really appreciate you telling me all of that and being free with opening up like all about all this information. And I really want to dive deep, but first I want to start us off with a prayer and you don't have to obviously close your eyes or anything you're driving, but is it okay if I pray for us? Yes, absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much for bringing us together, for directing her here and for working through us to address everything that she came here to work on and to receive your help with, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit comes upon both of us now and works through me to help her and works independently. Thank you so much, Lord. May your will be done here today, not ours. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's dive a little deeper. I think, first of all, it's just so so funny how God works. I started reading this book uh, several weeks ago, and I just couldn't get into it. I put it down. It's about marriage from a pastor. And I put it down. And then last night, something just like really strongly prompted me to pick it back up. So I'm about halfway through. There's just a lot of concepts that you're bringing up that are prominent in the book and I find really helpful. So if you want to check it out, it's called, well, he has a few books. This one's called Sacred Influence by Gary Thomas. This one's specifically for the wives in the marriage. He has another one just on marriage in general and maybe some other ones besides that. I do want to point that out because God seemed to direct me to that book, I think on purpose last night right before our session. Yeah. So I believe definitely want to bring it up. It. Yeah, because yeah, it it was it was that's why I was telling you it was like totally like I think I'm just like scrolling and I'm just feeling this deep darkness and mm. I think I struggle with that and I hate to admit it because I feel like as a Christian we shouldn't go through those times but it was also kind of ingrained in me like growing up that like there's no such thing as ADD and there's no such thing as autism like it's all fake it's all made up. So like in my head, I constantly kind of struggle with that to like think that like, okay, Missy, you do have a little bit of depression that you struggle with. And, and I also am like, I also kind of like feel a little guilty about it too, because I feel like I don't really have a place to feel that way because I really do have a very blessed, good life. I have a faithful husband that provides, I have mostly good kids. They're sometimes mm-hmm. stupid, but, <laughs> but mostly they're, mostly they're wonderful, but they're healthy. I have a beautiful home. I have a great job, you know, so I have all those, all the things to check the boxes, you know? I mean, one thing I don't have is a relationship with my parents. And so that does kind of leave a hole, but, but other than that, I mean, everything in my life is perfect. So I'm like, you don't even have a right to be sad. It's kind of like how I talk to myself Mm. and, you know, but then like my husband always is the one that has to kind of pick up those pieces and, you know, and I just, it's not fair to him. I just want to be the, the wife that I'm supposed to be 
for him. It sounds like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to feel a certain way. First of all, like logically, I have all these things and it doesn't make sense for me to feel depressed or for me to struggle emotionally. And at the same time, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be a certain way, just to be a certain way. And I want to talk a little bit more about that and kind of where that's coming from. And also, I'm willing to bet you don't treat your kids like that. Like when they feel a certain way, how, how is it that you talk to them? I try to just talk out whatever it is that is bothering them. My boys are a little bit different. They're not expressive like girls. So you do have to kind of like dig to find out what the issue is. But I, I have, I'm definitely a better mom than I was when I, with my 21 year old, but my, like my younger one, if he gets in the car and he's mad and he's like, had a, kind of taken it out on me, I realized that it's not probably about me. So I need to not take it personally. Mm-hmm. And then I try to like dig to figure out what happened at school that made him get in the car and slam his backpack down or, or whatever. And usually there's something that triggered it. And then he's just kind of taking it out on me. And then we try to redirect our focus or whatever but boys are terrible about communicating so it is really hard (laughs) gotcha so then it sounds like I think I need more information but from what you've told me so far it sounds a little bit like your kids have more permission in your eyes to feel these things than you do absolutely absolutely I think I think that like because everything is almost perfect that I need to just suck it up and but I mean, part of it too is, is that my husband, while he is almost perfect, he's wonderful. He also kind of doesn't have emotion. He had a really rough childhood and that's his way of kind of blocking it out. I think, I think that's how he deals with his childhood trauma is mm-hmm. that he, he almost just is like numb. He doesn't understand when I do have these range of emotions he doesn't really understand how to deal with it he's like a steady river and I'm like a crashing crazy ocean (laughs) like crashing waves sometimes his river doesn't understand my my waves you know and yes and like my highs are high and my lows are low Mm -hmm. and and my husband's just steady he's a steady he's and he's what I need I mean that's what I need in my life like I don't need another ocean (laughs) But sometimes you need somebody just to understand that I'm being emotional right now and it maybe doesn't make any sense to you, but I, I don't know. I can't, I can't change the way I feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you have anyone in your life who does understand that sort of tumultuous experience of your emotions? Yeah, probably my sister, because Mm -hmm. me and my sister were raised in the same kind of toxic environment. She lived in it longer than I did, so our the way we handled it is a little bit differently. But I can definitely call her and like be totally myself and open up and tell her whatever. And I mean, she usually does have pretty good advice and stuff too. But that's probably the only person because unless you've really lived in that situation, it's hard to explain it to somebody. My parents are like textbook narcissists, mm-hmm. and I don't even know which one. I don't know if they both were born that way or they learned the behavior from each other because they've been married 43 years. So I don't know, but they both, every single checkbox a narcissist, they check it off and like it messes with your head yeah. because like you're, you're manipulated your entire life 
it, it's crazy. It just, mm-hmm. it, I feel like that's probably 100% of my issues. And the only person that really, really understands that is my sister because she lived in that same environment and they don't have a relationship with either one of us, but they totally blame it on us. Mm-hmm. Like, and, it, it, and I think you always have that desire to have a relationship with a mom as a girl, you have a relationship with your mom, even with your dad. I don't think I want anything else than to hear my mom say I'm proud of you. Yeah. And, and I don't hear that. And that leaves such a hole that nobody else really can fill. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's crazy. And I hate that it has that much control over me because I work so hard to just disassociate myself and just try to learn to be numb and try not to value what they think because I know, I know their love's not even real. So even if, cause it, cause I'll go through times where they will give me attention and then I'll just gravitate towards them like crazy and like suck up as much attention as I can get. And then they cut me off mm-hmm. and then it causes such emotional trauma. I can't even tell you, like, it's so, it's so, so hard. And like, and I watched so many things on narcissists and I've read books on like girls that had narcissistic mothers and like different things like that to try to get healing and help from it. And basically, and everything that I've read and learned, the only, there is nothing you can do because a narcissist thinks they're perfect. So they're never going to work to be better. And there's nothing you can do. Oh my gosh, that's it. There's no answer. There's nothing, you know, and it, and then, and then what it does to to me is it makes me go, did I pick up any of those qualities? Like, do I have some of that stuff in me? And it like freaks me out because I'm like, Oh, I hope I don't have that because like some of the stuff I'm like, Oh, I kind of, I kind of do that a little bit. And like, you know, and I try to like, you know, really look at my, my core person and make sure that I don't have those things because it terrifies me that I'm going to cause trauma to my kids. Or supposedly if you're, if you're truly a narcissist, you don't ever even consider that you are a narcissist. So I guess that's my comfort if I, you know, I'm searching my soul, then obviously there maybe isn't those traits in me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, first of all, praise God that he gave you a sister. So you do have somebody to kind of bounce these ideas off of who really, truly entirely understands and can empathize. I'm an only child with a similar upbringing. So all of that pressure and all of that projection and all of that baggage was put only on me. So I grew up kind of sounds like kind of like you of being blamed for everything. And I'm always the problem and they're never the problem. Right. Is that sort of. Yes. Yeah. And as an only child, it's easier to internalize that because you don't have somebody next to you experiencing the same thing. You really could be the problem (laughs) because you don't have any point of comparison. So it's. I, I, pr- I want to praise God for you that you have somebody like that next to you who can say, no, mom and dad really are projecting all this. Like, it's not you. It's not me. It's I want to first say that. And secondly, I'm hearing like oh, just all this weight that you're carrying from your childhood of, I wish things were different, right? I wish I had a yeah. mom who said, I'm, I'm proud of you. I wish I had a mom who was nurturing and compassionate and consider it. I wish it sounds like I'm hearing a bigger focus on your mom, but maybe both of your parents, right? I'm specifically hearing like that mom wound standing out right now. So can you tell me a little bit more about what that looks like for you present day? Like what that feels like? You said a little bit about how you you still wish she said she was proud of you, but is there more you can tell me about that? 
just like a constant reminder because first of all, they live right down the street from me. They moved, we moved close to them. They moved again, we moved close, even closer to them. So like, I've always craved that relationship. Like, I think it's beautiful when you see these families getting along and I, I almost get jealous, you know, cause I see like girls going out to lunch with their moms or getting pedicures. And I'm just like, gosh, I just don't have it. And I temporarily will have it. And that's what's so toxic because she will like, for instance, I had, I was in the hospital a couple months ago for um, appendicitis and she was there. She was there. As soon as I called her, she was there because whenever she can be the hero, she wants to be there and she wants to be involved and she'll take pictures, she'll post it, make her look like she's the good mom and she's there. But then like, as soon as anything happens that I didn't do what she wanted me to do, she just cuts me off. Just like nothing, just one day she's there, the next day she's not. And like, and it causes me such like grief, you know? And then I, and then I'm like, I almost have to parent my parents and like tell them kind of how to behave and stuff. And then I also have to parent my children. And it's like, I never have anybody pick me up, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I'm only one person and I've got so much weight on me, yeah. you know? And I have a very stressful job mm-hmm. and, you know, and stuff too. And it's like, so sometimes I just feel like I could just collapse and just break, you know? And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I feel like running away. I feel like just packing up my bags and just running away. And like everybody else just figure it out because I can't carry everybody's weight for them. You know, cause my parents are like, they're very, very immature. They're like, they're like kids, both of them. And I'm like, how are both of you like this? Like you think one of them, but I think they've been married so long that one of them learned the behavior from the other one. And I, I can't even tell you which one it is because they're both just, they, they just check off all the boxes of narcissism. So it's, it's just so hard to even think who the, who the problem is. Cause my dad came from a really good family and my mom says that she didn't come from a good family. I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, so you think it would be my dad or my mom that was bringing in that toxic behavior. But then if you talk to some of my dad's family, they all say that he's always been that way, you know, and he's like, I mean, my mom just, just, okay. So my, my 18 year old son was having an attitude with me the other day. So my husband said, give me your phone. You're not going to keep your phone. The phone we pay for the service we pay for everything you have, we pay for. You're not going to talk to your mom that way and get to keep your phone. So give me your phone. And he said, no. And they went back and forth arguing. And then, so my son decided to leave the house. And he decided to go to my parents' house and they coddled him. Didn't tell me he was over there. I was up all night worrying about him and not, you know, just wondering where he could have been. And the next day we finally figured out a way to track his phone, even though he turned his tracking off, found out he was there. I went to their house, confronted them. I said, is my son here? And they're like, yeah, you should know where he's at. And then I said, no, you should have been a good grandparent and told me that he was here. So anyway, my sister ended up calling, getting involved. My mom told my sister in front of my son on speakerphone in the car that me and my sister were demonic in front of my son. So like there's they name call. So not only is there a whole missing of I'm proud of you, you're a good mom, you're a good daughter, whatever. Like I work so hard to be those things. I work so hard to have everything like perfect in my life. Like I'm everything is just my house is clean. I have dinner on the table for my family. I'm successful at my job. I'm 
you know, I try to be involved in all my kids' lives and their sports and everything that they do. And, you know, I just wear myself thin, you know, trying, trying to be the be everything I need to be for everyone, my friends, everything. And then, but not only that, she name calls too. And so like in my head, I'm like, I'm demonic. I'm demonic. I'm like, it like, it messes with me. And so I like hear this in my head all the time, instead of hearing, you know, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're, you're worth something, you're enough. I don't hear that. I hear you're demonic, you know, and all the, all the other things. I mean, that's just one of the things she said. She said many, many other things, but, you know, but it's like, she does, they don't just don't understand the damage that that does. And so then what happens is my poor husband has to pick up this, you know, I just crumble to the ground and then he has to pick up these pieces. And every time he does, there's a missing piece. You know, this puzzle's never going to get put back together perfectly because there's always the piece that goes under the counter that you don't find or under the fridge or, you know, and I, and I it just, as years go on, I just break more and more and more, you know, but then I almost like think, well, they can do whatever they want because they're older and they're going to die someday. So I just kind of let them treat me however they want. Cause my dad's diabetic. He has heart issues. He's got a lot of health problems. He's morbidly obese. He has a lot of health problems. And so I always think like tomorrow he could die. So I have to make sure that I did the right thing, you know? And then, so I basically just like let him slap me on this cheek and let him slap me on that cheek. And then it just keep taking it. And I don't even know if I answered your question, but <laughs> no, I went off on another tangent. No, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And Oh, there's a lot I want to unpack here. I wish we had like 12 hours, but I want to focus on a couple different elements of your experience. One is that empty puzzle piece or that missing puzzle piece, that piece that, you know, rolled under the stove long ago and you could never retrieve. And the other is the weight, the burden, the, I have to be everything for everyone. I have to be perfect. I have to earn something. It sounds like this fruitless pursuit of that parental love that you didn't get and most likely probably potentially will never get from them what you're seeking. Right. And it's, it's this behavior that's been generalized to every part of your life. Like I need to earn love that I'll, I'll never get. Um, so <laughs> I don't really know where to start with all of that. Cause there's a few different directions we could go, but I guess I would start with what does your relationship with God look like? Like, what is, how do you, do you pray? Do you get in the word? Like whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more about that because all these puzzle pieces kind of fit together, that parental relationship that you have with him. Um, I would say Recently, it's probably been a little bit more distant than usual, just because I've just been so busy. And that's kind of how I keep myself happy is I keep myself busy. So I don't have time to think about, you know, missing pieces. Um, and, but I mean, I do every single night, pick up my Bible and I do read the word and I, I have like the online Bible studies with my boys and I'll say, make sure you comment. So I get the email of them commenting and, um, and so, I mean, I am good about that. And I'm actually reading a book right now with a group of um, girlfriends that is about circling your prayers. So as you pray, you circle it and it just like 
I don't know. It's, it's crazy when you do it, but I, I've actually had prayers answered through that. Um, but I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel distant from them. You know, I feel like I'm praying and I'm not being heard. And, um, but I believe in like the pray without ceasing, you know, so I might be doing laundry and I might, you know, just say, thank you, Jesus, for these clothes to wear and thank you for this home to live in. And, you know, I might say things like that, but I'm not necessarily like getting on my knees and having like a 30 minute prayer in the morning, which I have done in different seasons of my life. You know, I was getting, getting up early, being intentional about prayer. And I haven't really done that recently, but I'm, when I read my book, I do, I sit down with a journal and I pray for people and I circle their names. And as I'm circling very slowly, I'm doing specific prayers. So, I mean, I definitely do have a prayer life and I definitely read the word of God. I mean, I grew up in church. My parents are currently pastors of a church, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't go to their church, but, but they have, you know, a very small, small church, like 30 people. And those, 30 people like worship them and that is that fulfills them but anyway so I mean I grew up in church and I never really strayed I like always like I had traumatic things happen I had I was molested in church as a little girl and most people I think would blame it on God and I never ever went through that I never thought it was his fault I always thought people are terrible and you know and never you know never got really anything I've never it's never been about God not providing, you know, but I do sometimes feel, feel a distance, I think, you know, and it's probably, I mean, it's me, it's not him, but, you know, like maybe I'm just not praying hard enough. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so thank you. Um, especially the last sentence stood out to me. Maybe I'm just not praying hard enough. And I was having this question come up as you were sharing a bit of your prayer life and like your, your relationship with God and, Tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds a little bit like you're trying to earn that too. Like if I just pray enough or get in the word enough, then God will you know, be near or then God will think I'm enough. I, I'm not really sure exactly the precise thought process no. there, but it sounds a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it sounds like you're, you've nailed it in very a very short amount of time that I, because I always feel like I'm not enough. And I, and I feel, I feel that's the perfect word for earn. I feel like I have to earn everything. Like, and it's, it's crazy. Cause I even tell my husband, then I'll go, I'll go, everyone loves you. And cause he doesn't talk much. He's an introvert. And I'll say, everyone loves you. And you don't even do anything to work for it. They just automatically love you. Cause he just has this sweet spirit about him. And I'm like, and I work so hard for people to love me. You know, and I do have a lot of friends and I do, I, I, you know, I mean, I can go to the store and I'll run into three people I know and they all, you know, are happy to see me and stuff. So it's not, I do have a good relationship with people in the community and stuff and have some really amazing friends in my life. But, but like, I do feel like I have to be on all the time and like be working for those relationships versus just it coming authentically, you know, like he, like he has, but I also speak very highly of my husband all the time. And I think people, before they even meet him, go, oh, my gosh, this guy must be amazing because all Misty does is talk highly of him. So I do think that's important, too, which is part of being a Proverbs 31 woman, is making your husband look good. You know, <laughs> kind of in more words than one. <laughs> being being the crown of your husband, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, it's super 
super common and makes sense that you would bring this like earning mentality, not only to all of your relationships, but to God, because that's kind of what we see most of the time in this world. Like it's, it's really unique and special if you do have parents who love you really close to unconditionally, because really only God can truly love completely unconditionally. But for example, my, my husband has parents who really come close to that, who really loved and supported him no matter what. And like you, I didn't. And I think that's the more common experience, right? Is we have these deeply imperfect parents, oftentimes deeply traumatized parents who don't have the capacity to love us the way we need. And that need goes back to that God-shaped hole, right? Is that need for God's perfect love that especially when we're young and we don't really have that understanding yet on a mental level. I think on a soul level, we always do, but on a mental level, we might not know what that is. Our parents become our gods when we're little. And then if we never really kind of replace that system, we Mm -hmm. still continually crave that throughout our whole life. Right. If we never realized that, oh, that hole I was trying to fill by my parents when I was little, that's perfectly natural to do, but they can never fill that need. They can never love me perfectly. There's only one who could ever love me perfectly, and that's Jesus. So taking the pressure off of that relationship and the pressure off of yourself for feeling loved in those relationships and feeling loved even in your marriage, which sounds wonderful, but he's still an imperfect man, right? As as awesome as your husband is, he's still going to fall short of the glory of God and the ability to love the way God does. So what happens if we bring that need to God? And it sounds like you have a really rich prayer life. So I'm guessing you've you've brought it to him in some capacity so I'd love to hear kind of how that looks I don't know that I have like really actually I think sometimes I forget to pray about those simple things like that you know that because sometimes like you know a friend might say well did you pray about it and I'll be like well no I didn't you know and it's like and I think that's it too is I think sometimes like you know you think that it is like you ask for too much. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like I always have such a long list of things, like, you know, a laundry list of things to go over with God on a daily basis, because my number one concern is my kids and growing up to fear him and love him and, you know, to get good wives. And, you know, something that I pray passionately for, for them to have convictions. I'm like, make sin so disgusting that they're not interested in it, you know? And, um, and cause I mean, this, this, what I'm fighting against right now, this world that we're living in is, is filthy and disgusting. And I've got to raise up three men of God in this world, you know, and I'm just like, ah, oh, there's stuff everywhere going against it. I mean, they have access to pornography like never before, you know, and everything is sex oriented. So, so I mean, when I'm praying, I'm praying more for them than I think I am myself. I mean, the only time I really ever pray for myself is when I say, um, I always say, make me the mom and the wife that I need to be. Like, what do I need to be for them, for them to be the best husband and the best children that, you know, young men that they can be. And so I don't really pray for my pain ever. I don't say to heal me from that pain. I I don't know. I guess I've just never really thought about it. Maybe I feel like it's selfish you know, to pray about that when I have other things. And if I've only got 20 minutes to pray, 
that I need to pray for all this other stuff first, you know, and then maybe if I have time, I'll pray for me, you know? So I guess the answer is I haven't really, I haven't really prayed to be healed from that, which is silly. I mean, it's silly that I haven't thought to pray for that. You know, I mean, sometimes I'll just not have anything to say and I'll just say, God, please help me. I'm broken and sad and empty and I don't, you know, and I, I'm lost right now. And, you know, and sometimes I just have those times where you just kind of sit with nothing really to say. Um, and I think that's when I'm truly, truly in a dark place when I don't really have anything to say. And I hope that he, you know, realizes that and I don't know, can maybe pick up on, on me being kind of speechless in that moment, which is odd, obviously. I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you, it sounds like fall into the most common thing I see. Um, I, I didn't grow up in the church. So I think for that reason, I don't fall into this pitfall, but every single woman I meet who grew up in the church and I, I still don't think, I don't think it's wrong. I think this it's like actually right compared to societal standards of you go first all the time and like take care of yourself first always. And I think society gears more towards selfishness, but yes. what I see every day in women who follow Christ and especially who have followed them, uh, followed him their whole lives is never praying for yourself is never looking at yourself. And I think one, one difference I see between, you know, being selfish and praying for yourself and kind of what I would direct you towards is what if you just call God up the way that you would your sister or your girlfriend, right? When, when you're feeling something, it's not about putting yourself flat. Like, do you call your sister, right? When something is bothering you, it sounds like you have that relationship. Yeah. 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 So what if you call God up the same way it's in that kind of prayer life? Like it's treating God both as this reverent creator of the universe and as this personal God who I think, I think you have that relationship with him, but in this context, like he's your best friends, like he's your husband, the way that, you know, Jesus is, the husband of the church, we are his bride. So the way that you bring these things vulnerably to the people in your life, you trust and love and who support you, he can be that for you as well, but in a much higher way, in a much more perfect way that no human can. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely need to, I don't know. It's it's funny because, because it's like almost you almost wait for that to be the last resort, you know, which is stupid. It's not how it's supposed to be. It should be the first resort, you know, but I think in those moments, but I mean, when, but I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was telling me how she struggles with depression. She's a Christian. And she said, um, she said, what do you do when you're depressed? And I said, nothing. I don't even want to get out of bed. You know, if I feel like I'm in one of those dark, dark places, like I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to, like, I have to be intentional about getting myself up, putting some makeup on, doing my hair, putting some cute on so I feel better about myself, opening a window, maybe going for a walk, you know, but I have to really push myself to get to that because I don't, I don't want to. And she was telling me, oh, well, I do this and I do that. And I'm thinking, we're not in the same place then because true depression, like you can't even pull yourself out of that funk, you know? And I think that's probably the same way with prayer is I'm such in a deep, dark place that like, 
words don't even come out. You know, I just, I just lay there and just, you know, and, but I mean, I think there's something to that too. I think God can be there in that moment too, without us specifically saying, God, I need you, you know, like he knows that we need him too, you know? And, and so I think that's part of it. But I think when I'm not, when I'm not in that dark place, I, I need to be also intentional about, you know, trying to get healing, you know, and during, for those holes that are missing and puzzle pieces that are missing for lack of better um, way to describe it. Yeah. When you were speaking about that hopeless place is what I'm going to call it. And when we're in the thick of depression and for me, I would label it when I had depression for 10 years as this apathy, like I just, I couldn't be bothered to get out of bed. It's just like, it all becomes meaningless. And therefore I don't have the desire or the motivation to live any of it, to do anything. And this Tim Keller quote came to mind, which goes, helplessness, not holiness is the first step to accessing the presence of God. And that just has always stuck with me of when we're on our knees like that, in our hearts, on our knees, figuratively on our knees, um, when we're at this hopeless, bottomless, not bottomless, rock bottom place, that's when God draws ever nearer to us. Um, And it's because God wants us to come to him with a humble heart. And when we're in that place, we couldn't get any more humble. We are just done. Like we have no no pride, no, even our own will is gone. Um, yeah. And that's where he will draw near to us. So it sounds like you're reading, um, is it Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson? Yes, yes, that's it, yes. yeah. yeah. He has another book, Mark Batterson, uh, called Whisper. Uh-huh. And it's about hearing the voice of God and really having this this dialogue with him in your life and how to hear him in your life. And there was one part near the end of the book where he quotes, I forgot, I forgot what scripture he quoted. I'm sorry, but um, he was talking about how when we are speechless, when we are just in so much agony that we have no words to bring to him, he hears our sighs as prayers. Just every breath you take, he hears it. Every emotion you feel, he hears it. You don't have to verbalize any of it because he hears it all. So even that is just enough. Like we don't have to strive to be enough in his eyes. As you know, like I think so many Christians, we know these things. We know his boundless grace in our minds. We yeah. know yeah. his unconditional, perfect love in our minds, but there's a difference between knowing it and feeling it and experiencing it regularly. And yeah, I'm just gonna let, let you respond before I go on a whole diatribe. No, you're right. You're right. I think, I think that is like, like, I know all the things. I know all the things I've read through the entire Bible. I went to Bible college when I was a teenager. So, I mean, I know the word of God, but yeah, but knowing it and feeling it or feeling like you deserve it, I mean, are two totally different things. And I, and I think you nailed it. I think that's it. I think I just, I'm always earning and I'm never, I'm never enough, not even for God. Like in my head, I always fall short and that's like, you know, that's such a thing to live with, 
it's indescribable. Yeah. What I love about our God and our gospel is that he knows we'll never be enough for him. He knows we'll never be able to earn his love or his presence in our lives. That's that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came down so we could experience God's love and presence because we are broken inherently and we will always be and we'll never like achieve or earn or create for ourselves perfection or wholeness mm-hmm. or completion. Perfection is also another word for like being complete or whole. We'll never be able to create that for ourselves. That's why Jesus came down and is kind of like a, a stand-in for us in God's eyes. So when God looks at you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, he sees Jesus. He sees perfection. He sees completion because that's the whole point of looking to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We accept his gift. We accept that he took on our punishment and the consequences of our brokenness, right? It's that now when God sees us, he sees Jesus in our place. So you will never earn or deserve any of God's love or mercy or grace. And that is the best news ever because you you couldn't and yet you receive it. And yet you have the opportunity to embrace it. Yeah. And I know you know all that, but it's just a reminder that I hope. No, no, reminders are good. <laughs> yeah, that I hope just sinks into your heart beyond your mind. And is it okay that I pray one more time for us? And now that I have some more some more meat with which to pray for you. Yes, please do. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conversation. We thank you for just gracing us with your presence. And I feel you so deeply in my heart right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming upon us in this moment. And I pray that he feels your presence today in a new and powerful way. I pray that Holy Spirit and pour your presence out onto her so that she may feel your love, your grace, your perfect unconditional love so that she knows that no matter what she does or does not do, your love is there with her. And no matter what she does or does not do, she is so boundlessly loved in a way no human could ever love her. I pray that she feels and experiences that today or in your timing, Lord. And I pray that you continue to walk with her, Jesus, that every step she takes throughout her life, she feels your hand in hers and she feels your embrace when she's in darkness and brokenness and depression, that she feels your presence in her helplessness, Lord, and that you guide her out of that in your way and in your time and that you be glorified through all of it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'd love to hear kind of how you're feeling, what you're walking away with today. I want to make sure that we covered what you wanted to cover. Um, well, I feel like I feel like you're a little gift. <laughs> and I'm glad that I ran across your um ran across you. And like I said, it was definitely a God thing. I totally believe in divine things happening. You know, sometimes I don't think everything happens for a reason. I'm not one of those people, but 
I do think that things do happen when you're walking, you know, when you're walking in the path God wants you to, the steps of a righteous in the order of the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there. It's right there in the word. And so I do believe things happen. And, um, you know, and I've thought that I needed, it, it's hard for me to accept the fact um, because of, like I said, because of my upbringing, my mom was always like, none of, none of that stuff's real and all that stuff. So it's like in my head that, you know, like you don't get counseling, you don't take anything. I mean, and again, I do have a conviction about taking, taking meds or anything for, you know, depression or anxiety or whatever, because I definitely just struggle with anxiety too, but I just deal with it naturally. And, um, but I do think that counseling is probably something that I probably should have done a long, long time ago. And, you know, and it just kind of, it kind of like spoke to me that, that night. And, um, my sister said it before too. She's like, you need to start healing. You know, and the only way you're going to do that is if you talk to somebody and you, you, you get, you know, some help outside. And, um, so anyway, but I think that you have such a sweet spirit and I can just tell that you're genuine and, and just, just wonderful. And you're going to be just such a wonderful, um, tool for Christ to use in other people's lives. And so I'm glad to have met you. And I don't know how this works going forward, but, but I'm glad that, that I at least I had the opportunity to meet you and, and I feel better. I feel a lot better just from that short little time. I think the the prayer was sincere and we did have a, you know, God was here with us in my car and wherever you're sitting at. And, And um, I didn't want to leave the car, so I didn't keep interrupting the conversation. So I've just been sitting here with the AC on in the in the garage. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, it's a lot. And as far as how it works going forward, that's really up to you. I have options to work with me if you want. This is the only free option, so it would be paid. But if you want to continue work together, I'm so happy to have you. And I can... um send you some resources about that because I do have to hop off but I'd be happy to do okay yes please please do that I would love to to continue to work with you and move forward so just send me whatever I need to to know to make that happen and I think yeah I think you're a godsend for sure thank you for listening my love I'm so grateful for you and I hope you took something powerful away from today's episode if you haven't already hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode and if this episode felt valuable to you go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple podcast so that other children of God like you can find this podcast so we can reach more people if we haven't met yet I would love to meet you go over to my Instagram at Anna and Powers and say hi send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also head over to my website at AnnaEmpowers.com to dive deeper and explore both free and paid offerings God has been pouring through me to serve you so that you can ditch those shackles of conditioning and your past and step deeper into the stewardship God has called you to. Remember that God holds all the power. He created us to lean on him, not to do it on our own. He created you wonderfully and beautifully as an integral piece of his kingdom here on earth. So steward your gifts with purpose. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.